Hello, Pixel Peeps. Welcome to Images Everything with your host, the Pixel Pimp himself, Rav Holly. Welcome to another episode of Images Everything. I'm your host, Rav Holly. It's great to have you back with us this week for episode number 14. Oh yeah, that's right. Uh, you can call me superstitious if you want to, but we're going to skip right past that old, uh, that old unlucky number 13, and we're going to slide right into number 14. So uh, just like the skyscrapers of the past in the 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, and maybe even into the 90s, if you're looking for that 13th floor and you're looking for that 13th episode, there's just not going to be one. I'm just going with my gut on this, and I have enough bad luck as it is, so... Uh, I just decided we're just going to do a complete skip. I know it's going to look a little weird in the iTunes store and stuff when you can't find that 13, but I just don't want to look at it. So uh, we're just going to move right past it and we're going to move on into 14. Uh, I want to apologize for uh, last week. Hopefully we've got our sound back and it's sounding pretty good today. But uh, last week was just an absolute train wreck. I had a studio, I had a guest in the studio last week, the beautiful Miss uh, Anna uh, Callahan was uh, in studio, and I hadn't had a guest in studio in probably about three months, I guess, so I usually just keep the mic set, so you just, I just crank everything up and go, but I was having some computer problems, and then uh, that kind of threw me off, and then I didn't realize she was probably sitting a little far from the mic. So we just wasn't getting very good sound for her. So I started trying to adjust the mixer, and in doing so, I ended up starting to adjust my mixer for my mic. And long story short, we threw all the mics off. It was just a, absolutely, uh, it was a train wreck. So if you made it through last week's episode, and you actually listened to all the, the entire thing, I'm sorry, it was horrible. I couldn't even listen to it. I listened to a few minutes of it, and I just had to turn it off. So if you didn't listen to it either, I don't blame you. Uh, I'd love to do it over again, but I don't even see how. So, you know, I talked to a couple other podcasters that said they've had that same problem. So hopefully I'm not in in a boat by myself. But I can say it was worse than our first episode, so... That's pretty bad because we were having some technical difficulty our very first episode. So anyway, that was that. So I just wanted to apologize to you guys uh, for the sound quality last week because I like having good crisp sound. I spent this money on this sound stuff, so I want to have at least pretty decent sound. So hopefully we're sounding pretty good today. I've been literally readjusting here for a good hour, hour and a half, two hours, trying to get my mic back where I had it before. Um The next order of business is we lost a legend in the photography community this week, just a few days ago, and going to touch base on that, uh, pay a little tribute to the man himself. So if you don't know who I'm talking about, stay tuned. We'll be back and uh, we'll be talking about that So and and some other things. I'm getting ready to head out of town with this new uh, 1510 Pelican case, so uh, uh, hopefully I'll have a YouTube review on that when I get back uh, to completely tell you what I think it's like traveling with this thing. It's pretty heavy, so it'll be interesting getting on a plane with it and putting it up in the overhead. So hopefully it all goes well. So anyway, if you're ready, come on back and we'll get ready and we will do this. Let's do it. Broadcasting from the Desert Compound, you're listening to Image Is Everything with that PP guy, the Pixel Pimp, and your host, Rav Hawley. It's the photography talk show that, like the Energizer Bunny, just keeps going all day, all night. Are you ready? Let's do this. Our goal is not the victory of might, but the vindication of right. Let's go.
Alright everybody, welcome back to uh, Images Everything. Uh, gotta let you guys in on a little secret. I actually uh, recorded, uh, I forget where I'm doing this lately, I actually recorded that intro early this morning, or actually yesterday morning, which was actually Thursday morning. Uh, I actually recorded that. What you just heard me talking, uh, I recorded that about 10 a.m. And right now it is about 10 minutes till 2 a.m. on Friday morning. And, uh, man, I had a super busy day. I'm getting ready to go out of town for about four or five days. I'm not sure exactly how long yet. And um, I had a bunch of things I had to get done. I had to get a haircut and get a bunch of things done in town. So, uh, long story short, I didn't get the podcast up at three like I'd initially planned because I had to make sure I got everything done uh, to hit the road and get out of town. So, after I got back, I had to take a nap. Uh, because I've got to leave here as soon as I'm done with the podcast and uh, head to LAX, hop on my 7.30 a.m. flight and uh, head up north where uh, I guess it's freezing cold again uh, from where I was going. Uh, it looked like it was pretty warm and now I guess it's cold. So it's been beautiful here. It was about 80 degrees today. So I'm not so lo- much looking forward to the freezing cold, but uh Hey, it is what it is. Anyway, uh, on this week's show, I wanted to talk a little bit about the loss uh, three days ago, I believe, on the 23rd or the 24th. Uh, we lost a uh, legend of photography. Uh, we lost Mr. Paul C. Buff. And, uh, yeah, he uh, is a man that revolutionized uh, photography, as we all know. Uh, he brought expensive studio strobes. Uh, to the everyday photographer that uh, might not have a thousand dollars to pay per light or more you know if you look at the pro photos to get like a three light pack <clears throat> I mean a three light setup with a pack you're looking at got like six grand for a used one so yeah we can definitely say he really helped us out a lot he helped a lot of people out a lot of photographers um I can hear Charlie snoring again. He's asleep on the couch. So we're going to take a quick break and uh, I'm going to relocate him to his bed. Hopefully you guys can't hear him snoring. I'll be right back. All right, guys. Sorry about that. I am back. I have no idea what the deal is. I guess, uh, I guess, you know, when he starts hearing me just talking into the mic, I guess it really puts him into like a trance because he immediately starts snoring about two or three minutes after I start talking. He's been asleep on the couch for uh, probably two hours while I've been working and preparing to uh, finish the podcast and no snoring. And as soon as I start the podcast, he starts snoring like crazy. So same thing happened, uh, I think, last show or show before. So anyway, if you heard any snoring, it was Mr. King Charlie, my little uh, chug, which is a Chihuahua pug mix. Uh, and he snores like an old man. So anyway, I apologize for that. But uh, anyway, back to... Uh, Back to uh, talking about Mr. Paul C. Buff. Uh, yeah, he did so much to revolutionize uh, photography, you know, uh, bringing affordable strobes to all of us. You know, I don't really use the Alien B. I do own an Alien B 400. And it's like I tell everybody, you know, it's probably as far as lighting, it's probably the best bang for the buck. Um, and people ask me, why don't you know, well, if it's so good, why don't you use Alien B's? And I have to have a little bit more versatile, or not versatile, I mean, they all do the same thing, just a little bit more durable uh, lighting equipment. And, uh, and you know, the Alien B's, you know, as far as presentation, they don't do much for you on presentation-wise. So I just don't, I just never myself would feel comfortable showing up on a big commercial shoot with a bunch of alien B lights, even though, you know, they work the same, um, you know, the temperature, you know, is debatable that, you know, they don't always fire off at the same temp and stuff like that. You hear some debate about that, but I haven't used them extensively enough on my own to be able to comment on that. So I'm not going to even get into that. All I know is I know a lot of photographers, I have a lot of photographer friends that love their alien bees. So you know, more power to them if they work for you. It's all about just getting the job done and what you want to use, uh, you know, what you can afford. And I think most photographers out there can afford alien bees. They're about $350, $400 a light. 
depending on a, if you get a 400, a 600 or an 800 watt second light. Uh, and they're, you know, they're not actually, I think the 400 watt second is actually 160 watt second. So it's not very powerful, but Hey, it's a great fill light. And then the 800s or 360, I don't know. I'm not sure about the Palsy buff, but, you know, and then the White Lightnings, uh, those were really, they were before the Alien Bees, and they were made of metal, a lot of metal casting housing, and very durable lights. A lot of photographers still using those lights, and they're pretty old. And um, now you have his new Einstein line that's come out, and they're actually a, a light that, You know, if I could get a little bit more, you know, if they come out with a little bit more powerful one, I could see myself going to the Einsteins because I like the way they look. I like the setup. I just, they look like great lights. I haven't used them, but everybody that I've talked to that has used them absolutely loves them. So I actually do use the CyberSyncs. I used to use the, uh, oh gosh, my mind just went blank. Um, Oh, the big receiver and transceiver. Jeez, what the heck is it called? Um, anyway, I'm sure you know what I'm talking about. The they're they were huge, hugely expensive as well. Um, and so when the CyberSyncs come out, when I actually bought my little Alien B, I bought a transceiver and receiver um, to uh, to check to use with the Alien B, and I liked them so much that I sold my. God, what are they called? Hate it when my mind does that. Um, let's see if we can find out what they are called. Can't believe I can't remember. Pocket Wizard. I don't know how I could forget that. Yeah, the Pocket Wizards. Uh, I had a set of Pocket Wizards. Uh, not the twos. I think mine were the ones. But they were huge and um, very cumbersome. I just. And, and they had like a little leash thing on them that you could hold on to. I don't know. I just, I like the CyberSync. They're so small and I've never had not one problem with them. So they just work and they, the batteries in them last forever. So, uh, you know, I just, I like the way, I like the way they work. So, you know, I kind of dumped my pos- pocket wizards off on eBay and I think the policy buff was, I can't remember. I think it was 30 bucks a piece or something like that. And when you look at the uh, pocket wizards, I think we're 200 a piece when I bought them, 199. Um, and the, the, the ones, the pocket wizard ones, the pocket wizard plus ones, I think they were, you actually had to have a transceiver and receiver just like the cyber sinks, the newer pocket wizard plus twos, I believe they work either way. So either one of them, you can switch them out. Either one can be a receiver or a transceiver. If I remember right. Could be wrong about that. I can't even remember the name of them, so I have no idea what I'm talking about, probably. Just full of it. Uh, anyway, uh, but yeah, we did lose a, uh, we lost a legend of in the photography community, but uh, the man definitely leaves behind an amazing legacy. I mean, his, his name are on thousands, who knows how many lights that they turned in all these years but thousands and thousands of lights all over the United or all over the world. I mean, uh, you know, uh, all his lighting equipment. I've even got a big four by six softbox that I bought when I bought that 400, I bought like a kit. I bought the 400 light and the four by six softbox to go with it, which was the large policy buff softbox. And then the cyber sinks just to kind of really try out their system and see if I wanted to invest in more, um, in more of uh, uh, the Alien B system. Uh, I was thinking about putting a whole system of Alien B together, uh, but I didn't do that. I just stayed with uh, my photogenic and uh, added to my photogenic line. Uh, One reason I was looking at going with the Alien Bs is because the, um, the bulbs in my photogenics are scary to think about when they go out because the, uh, the flash bulb or the flash, you have a modeling light bulb in them. And then you have the, uh, the flash tube is what I was thinking, trying to think of the flash tube are $99 new, uh, for my photogenic. Oh, let's see. What are they? Photogenic 2,500 DRs power lights. Um, so they, 
but they put out a thousand watt seconds of light. So, uh, I have a huge, um, a huge soft box, which is a real four by six. And I mean, it is really four foot by six foot. It's huge. It's bigger than my double. It's about the size. It's bigger than my double door refrigerator. So, uh, yeah, it's huge, but I can put that, uh, one of those 2,500s in that thing and light a car with it. It's just amazing. And I love, love my photogenics. They're digital back. Um, you know, they're, they're kind of outdated now. Uh, everybody's using the bronchular or the Elochrome or the Profoto. I think Profoto is probably the signature line right now that everybody's trying to go to or that everybody wants. And I love the Profoto too, but until I'm booking enough high-end commercial work to be able to afford Profoto, I'm just going to stick with my old photogenics for now. They work uh, great for me. Uh, and anyway, uh, in other news, uh, so anyway, let's go back. Let's just, uh, say, uh, it's very somber that we did lose Mr. Buff, but he was 78 years old. So, uh, I'm sure he lived a, a very full and, uh, a very full and amazing life, uh, creating these amazing strobes that he did that helped out so many budding photographers and, uh, photographers across the board. Uh, so many people of all, all skill levels are using his photo, using his strobe system. So anyway, uh, it's a, it's a sad day that we, uh, you know, it was a sad week that we lost Mr. Paul C. Buff. Um, I was very surprised that he was as old as he was. He was 78. I actually talked to him on the phone, uh, gosh, about 2007, 2008 when I ordered my, uh, when I actually ordered my, uh, my uh 400 alien b 400 uh i had actually called in and uh i can't remember what the question i had was but the girl actually he was there and she goes let me get paul for you i was like okay and uh so i actually spoke to him and i just figured he was a few years older than myself you know i thought he was in his 50s i didn't realize he was as old as he was so but you know that's how it is with uh with internet and telephone calls, you don't really, you just kind of, uh, get a perception of who you think somebody is, but that perception may be completely wrong. I get that about me all the time. Uh, so anyway, on to other news, I read a thing today and this could revolutionize or change. It could be a game changer in the photography industry, but I just read on Petapixel today that, Amazon is going to give unlimited photo storage for $15 a year. I've been waiting on this. I knew it was just a matter of time. Now, I know a lot of us use Dropbox. I love Dropbox. Absolutely love Dropbox. But um, they just, you know, they give you, I think I started out with two gigs. I think that's what they give you for free is two gigs. And then after two gigs, um, or I'm sorry, every person that you recommend to Dropbox, they will give you, um, uh, an extra 500 megabytes. So I've got enough people to use my link for Dropbox to sign up that has got me up to, I am at, I think eight gigs, I think about eight gigabytes and that's great. And I use Dropbox so much for transferring pictures to clients. That's where I love Dropbox because I can edit my photos, drop them in a Dropbox to a shared folder on Dropbox, and then immediately transfer or uh, put their email in there and immediately send the pictures, the edits to the client, and the client can just download them to their computer. I love Dropbox for that. If Amazon can do that, then I will probably abandon Dropbox, but uh, one thing I may just use, I may get this Amazon account just primarily for cloud storage. Uh, I've invested in a new Mac Pro back here about three or four months ago and uh, for storage because my iMac, which I was going to sell and I never did, I've still got it. It only has a one terabyte internal and I had a one terabyte external for it and uh, another one terabyte I believe is it, and then an old Maxter 320 gigabyte that I've had for 10 years, maybe more. Um, and uh, <clears throat> excuse me, and I uh, 
I filled it up. It was all full. And so like still I battle every now and then with filling my iMac back up and I don't even have my, I don't even have like uh, my iPhoto when I load photos, they load directly to the external. So I don't, I'm not even storing photos on my iMac and it was still completely full because mostly it's full of software because I've got literally like three or $4,000 with the software on that computer because I bought it actually from a friend of mine that their music studio was going out of business in Hollywood. So the thing is loaded with every bit of software you can imagine, like Pro Tools, everything. And I was able to get all of the keys and everything. Uh, He sold all that stuff to me with it. So it was all legal and I can update it and everything. So it was really, really uh, amazing deal when I got it. And uh, it's been an amazing computer. I love the screen on it but it just didn't have enough storage. So I bought a Mac Pro and uh, let's see, the Mac Pro has five terabytes of internal storage. And then I bought a eight terabyte G-Shock G drive. uh, That's a SATA drive that's got eight terabytes. So I'm up around, gosh, it's 14, 13 or 14 terabytes of storage with this thing. So I got plenty of in-house storage now, but uh, many of you don't know, I used to have a uh, gallery in an office and it was not a lot to brag about, but I put quite a bit of money into it and it was in Long Beach and I had a warehouse kind of in the back, which was a huge garage. And then I had the storefront that was, um, it was a, uh, the gallery and, uh, our corporate office or our offices. And within, gosh, this was back in 2012, within like, I don't know, a month span, two month span, that was broken into and robbed twice. The first time they got off with cameras, all of my wedding photography stuff, my strobel frame, all the stuff that I used, my gear that I used to shoot weddings, they pretty much took all that. And, um, you know, it was a bummer. They got my D70, which I had uh, kept because of the high speed sync. Um, you know, it's just, I'm not really, you know, the one thing I could tell you, uh, that I regret most, uh, about my photography career is selling all my cameras. I used to, I used to do just like you when I'd buy a new camera, I'd throw the other one on eBay or Craigslist and dump it off. And now I'm just kind of to a point where I wish I would have just kept them all. And so that D70, I was never going to sell that. So, but it got stolen, you know, it went anyway. So, but, uh, Anyway, so the the D70 got stolen and and some camera equipment, but it wasn't a big heist, so it wasn't that big a deal. And then on uh, December 14th, I'll never forget this, on my birthday, I woke up and um, because it was, I had, I used it as a live workspace. Uh, I didn't stay there all the time, but I did sometimes uh, back in the warehouse. Uh, And so um, I got up that morning and unlocked the warehouse and went into the gallery into the office and damn, it had been broken into again. And, uh, actually I'm sorry. One of the upstairs neighbors come out and started knocking was originally what it was. So I was going to see what was going on and found out that they had broken again. And this time they had broken through my office window. They actually pried the burglar bars off of the window or far enough off the window where they could squeeze inside. And this day they stole my brand new MacBook pro that I only had about three or four months. And they stole all of my internal external drives, which I just did a photo shoot for, um, like Benny Hunter restaurant and raw sushi. And so all those images went, uh, a lot of backed up stuff that I had went, um, lucky enough, uh, had, <clears throat> I have a max, the, my old maxter that I was telling you about, it had everything pretty much on there except the newest stuff. Cause I was still using it to back stuff up to the maxter. So the maxter was back in the warehouse, so it didn't go, but, all of the the very newest shoots that I had done, they all went with that external drive that went with the heart, the laptop. So I learned a very valuable lesson that uh, you really need to try to keep as you know your newest stuff on uh, cloud, and that's what I do with the Dropbox. I usually keep six gigabytes uh, full in the Dropbox. So and then I keep try to keep a couple of ter- a couple of gigabytes 
free so I can use to transfer images and stuff to clients. And then after a certain time, uh, once those edits, I will uh, erase those. I will back the edits are already backed up to an external I have here, but then I'll erase them off the Dropbox so I can load other clients edits on there. So that's kind of the way I do that. But my most important shoots and the big high paying clients, I load all of those to Dropbox and keep them in a folder on Dropbox just in case. So with this new Amazon thing, I can't believe Amazon's doing this. I mean, why hasn't Google, uh, stepped up to the plate? I mean, uh, they have the Google drive. I know that, uh, but I just, you know, everybody's looking to get everybody on a monthly subscription and I don't know about you, but my monthly subscription, I'm over that because I have, I started looking one time at my monthly subscriptions to the gym, to this, to that, you know, $10 for this, $10 for that, you know, website stuff, $10 for this, $10 for that. I was paying like over a hundred dollars a month and $10 stuff and half the stuff I wasn't even using. So I did a lot of uh, trimming of the fat for that stuff and trimmed it down now to I do my website monthly. It's a monthly fee, but uh, most of the stuff, I don't have that many monthly fees anymore. So, you know, that's why I haven't went with one of the the cloud services. There's another one out there that's called, um, oh gosh, I can't think of the name of it either. It's like Locker or WebLocker. I don't know what it's called. I can't think of the name of it, but uh, they will actually, you can store all of your, it's unlimited storage. So you can store everything on there. They're their servers as a cloud. And I would really thought about doing that, but they do it as a monthly charge. And I don't want any more monthly charges. I have enough monthly charges as it is. And I can't keep up with them. You know, like one of them that I had a rebuild that has been rebuilding me since 2000 and I think seven or eight, when they finally started like doing a paid service was model mayhem. I was a VIP member of model mayhem for years and I never even really used the site and the only thing I was paying every month for was the uh the little freaking logo that said VIP member on there so yeah um you know I'm very leery now about um keeping up with these $10 charges I just don't want them anymore I try to keep them out of my life possible because uh, you lose track of them and then you look back at time and you realize that you've been being rebuilt for this service that you never really use and you've been being rebuilt for years, you know, like the model mayhem thing. I mean, they have like, you can put 20 photos on there, I think for free and they're free service. You just don't have that VIP thing under your name. 20 photos is probably just about what you need for a portfolio. So put your 20 best photos up there and just use their free stuff. But you know, I had to have, I thought I had to have the you know, the whole VIP thing with where I could load 200 images on there. And it was basically worthless. That site was one of the most worthless things, worthless things I've ever invested in. You know, I talked to other photographers that, you know, they've actually had a lot of luck booking models and stuff off there. And my whole thing is I'm not looking to book free models. I'm looking to book paid work. So if you're looking to book free models, it probably is a great place to find models to work with. But if you're looking for paid work, you know, the deal is with that is the models are wanting to get paid. The photographers are wanting to get paid. So it's like a Mexican standoff. Nobody wants to, you know, everybody wants to get paid and uh, everybody expects to be paid and uh, everybody should be paid because that's one of the drawbacks or one of the downturns or whatever of this industry is so many people working for free <clears throat> and uh, I often get asked, do I work for free? I do work for free, but I keep it very limited. And if I'm going to work for free, it's got to be something that's going to be completely beneficial to me. Uh, you know, like I was talking in uh, photo junkie, the Facebook group photo junkie uh, a couple of weeks ago or a week ago. And, uh, we were talking about model mayhem and I was like, the funniest thing about model mayhem is like when you are talking to a model on model mayhem and I've had this happen and you read their bio and you can see that they're brand new to the industry. They've never shot anything. You know, their pictures are like horrible. They're horrendous. They look like they got their boyfriend to do it with their cell phone or something. And so they're just very unprofessional images. 
And, you know, in these models, they're not Ford models. They're just little girls next door. And uh, you email them or they email you asking you like, hey, you want to shoot? And you're like, yeah, okay, you know, we could shoot. And they're like, okay, here's my rates. <laughs> you're like, what? Wait a minute. Uh, you know, it, so many people just don't understand the way it works. And uh, even if you're going to do trade work, uh, if it, if you're going to do trade work, you got to do it with somebody that's on your level. Uh, that would be my advice to you. You know, uh, if, if you're going to do trade work, it's got to be beneficial. There's no reason to do trade work if it's not beneficial to you. And basically trade work is free work. So if it's not beneficial to you, there's no reason to do it. And if you've, if you've got a strong portfolio, like myself, I feel like I really don't need to do trade work. I have so much work as it is that's out there. Now, the reason I will do trade work and the reason I will do some free shoots from time to time, it's purely on the, uh, it's on, it's my personal work. It keeps me sharp. It keeps me, uh, it lets me be the creative director and do what I want to do. So in that aspect, <clears throat> yeah, that's when uh, free work is beneficial to you. Uh, you know, you got to keep your skills sharp and, uh, you know, that's when trade work comes in handy because you get to shoot, you get to be creative, you get to work with somebody hopefully that's creative as well, and you guys just kind of create. And uh, I see a lot of other photographers out there doing that, and there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. I think everybody should do that because it's practice. Uh, You know, when I'm doing work for a paid client, it's their vision, it's what they want done, and you're just trying to capture that vision. And, uh, you know... Excuse me, my throat's really dry. Um, and so you're trying to capture their vision. And uh, when you're doing your personal work, <laughs> it's all about your vision. It's all about what you're trying to do, what you want to do, what images you want to capture. And trying to put something together that's good enough to hopefully go on your website and be showcased. So should you work for free? I get that all the time. People ask me all the time, do you work for free? Uh, I did a video for the band Vicious Canids. If you heard me on the barbecue show a couple of years ago or a little over a year ago, no, I guess it's a couple of years ago, um, a year and a half ago. I don't know. I'd have to look it up. Uh, I did an initial video for the Vicious Canids, uh, and it was just a little promo video, but we kind of made a music video out of it. It was, you know, it was very raw. I showed up on this, I showed up at their place and we just shot the thing and, it ended, and we just shot the thing, and it it went off without a hitch, and it actually won the competition, which was uh, <clears throat> it was kind of a feather in my hat, I thought. And uh, we ended up becoming really good friends. And now, <clears throat> a few years later, they're actually come back to me to do a real music video and have me direct it, produce it. And Corey and I, Corey's going to film it. And so that's the way the free work was beneficial is because I believed in the group, I believed in their sound, I believed in their talent. And now it's turned into a paid gig. So that's one of the, uh, you know, that's one of the things about doing, if you're going to do trade work or free work or whatever is if it comes back to you or if you may, you know, and there's no promises of that. You know, when I did the video with the Vicious Canids, there was no promises that, you know, there would ever be any more work. <clears throat> I just kind of went out on a on a limb there hoping that there would be. And sure enough that there would be. I felt that there would be. So I got lucky. Um, but, you know, I've done other projects with other artists and nothing's ever come out of it. You know, they fall out of the business or they leave town or, you know, um, you know, and that's just kind of a gamble. But it's still, you know, it's personal work and you're getting experience and you're getting to practice. So that's when I say do free work. I think everybody should do personal work. Everybody should have their own personal projects. <clears throat> you know, I'm also doing my Joshua Tree uh, my Joshua Tree landscape series, my moonscape series. And, uh, you know, that's work. I'm just going out into Joshua Tree and uh, capturing these, you know, these trying to do these beautiful moonscapes myself. And I have no idea if they're going to sell or or where that, you know, if there's any going to be any money generated from it. I have a good, you know, I have some good potential sources of income coming from it, but there's no guarantee. So 
that's all personal work as well. <clears throat> and uh, I do that because I love it. Uh, it's something I'd never done before that I really wanted to do. And uh, I'm really, uh, I'm excited about the series. I've got a lot of positive feedback from a lot of very veteran landscape photographers, which was stuff that I'd never really done. So I'm pretty excited about the series. And <clears throat> on another note, I have to say that I have so much respect for radio DJs and radio disc jockeys because I've been sitting here for the last five minutes and I'm not sure that if you know, but my throat has gotten so dry that I'm having to stop the recording like every minute and drink some fluid. So how these DJs and, and it's, I just got one of these cases of dry throat and I've noticed that it happens it happens almost every time I do the podcast in the last few episodes, and it literally drives me crazy. And I don't understand how these professional DJs, they're on the air, uh, you know, they, they're live. And luckily for me is I can stop this thing, and it might be a little glitchy, or you might hear like a cut here and a cut there, but pretty much I can keep it on a flow. So I don't know if there's like breathing techniques, <clears throat> you know, like singers, and they have like breathing techniques that they do and, you know, they practice so they can, you know, sing without their throat getting dry and stuff like that. So I don't know if I'm doing something wrong. Um, I have a deviated septum in my nose, so I have to breathe through my mouth a lot when I'm talking on the mic. And like, you'll hear me sniffing a lot and that's because my throat's getting dry. So I just want to give a shout out to all you DJs out there, you professional DJs, because I'm just an amateur, I'm an amateur podcaster, but all of you professional DJs out there who are on the radio, live, and I get this throat thing that I have going on right now, and it's like I want to cough, or it's just one of those things where you just want to keep clearing your throat, and I know you guys don't want to just keep hearing me clearing my throat, or drinking, you know, water, or whatever I'm doing to clear my throat, so... Anyway, I want to apologize for that because it's just something I'm having to deal with here and it's being a complete pain in the butt, but hopefully we're going to get by it. As far as talking about any more photography this week, I don't know if we're going to keep this uh, show short uh, and just cut it. I'm a little going on 38 minutes, I guess. Uh, I don't have a lot of photography stuff to talk about. The thing I was wanted to hit on was policy buff and... Uh, passing away and then the new Amazon uh, unlimited storage for $12 a year. That's just absolutely, uh, it's unheard of, but I knew it was going to happen. I didn't think it was going to be $12 a year though. I figured somebody would come up with probably $35 a year, something like that. You could pay $35 a year and get unlimited storage. And I'm sure there's already some of those out there. I just never saw and just would have never predicted Google, I mean, uh, Google, Amazon to uh, jump on that bandwagon because I know they have, uh, I know that they have huge storage for their website and they're running servers and, you know, their their website is huge. So I'm sure that they're very up to date with a database thing. But like as far as Facebook, I could see Facebook doing that because they're already storing so many people's images already. So it wouldn't be it wouldn't be anything for them to offer uh, storage, uh, unlimited storage for, you know, a certain amount a month. And I don't know why Facebook didn't jump on that. Uh, They should have uh, as much as I despise Facebook. Uh, But if it's being offered by Amazon, I'm sure there's going to be some other companies follow suit really quick. And I'm probably going to look into it hard and heavy. Uh, I'm not sure that I would want Amazon holding all my images, but Hey, if I can upload every bit of my, every bit of my, uh, data to Amazon and just hold it there and keep it there for safekeeping in case the house burns down in case a high wind or an earthquake destroys everything, all my, you know, just the, knowing my images are there and they're all safe. Like I said, I've got my Dropbox. I've got my most important images in my Dropbox cloud. and uh, But I'm really looking for a full, uh, where I can load, you know, my four terabytes of storage to just one cloud. And just keep it there and back it up like, uh, you know, every month or so. 
and just keep adding to it and know that it's always there if I ever need it. Just that peace of mind would be pretty amazing, I think. So anyway, we're going to take a quick break. I got to get something to drink and uh, we will be right back. So This one here, yep, it's for so Cali from SD and go wood up to the valley and Hollywood Malibu back to the alleys. You know the way we live in sweet like cotton candy. Me, I rest my head here in Long Beach. A dime piece by my side, right by the beach. We're chronic blowing like snoozing up in my reach. We do it different over here. Let exquisite for so Cali, I gets down for so Cali. We make moves in so Cali, so you must come to so Cali. So 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 Cali. So 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 Cali. So Cali. Now where I stay, every day I watch the palm sway. Sun under feet, brighter shades, block the sun rays. Burning the best, Cali Kush of the purple haze. The train wrecking Ashish got me in the days. Patron shots, throw them back. I'm feeling loose. Pie red and rum, I chase that down with some gin and juice. So many dimes, all fine, but I can't choose. I got game like Kobe. That's the damn truth. This one here's for so Cali. I get down for so Cali. We make moves in so Cali. All right, guys, we are back. Feeling a little better now. I was like really struggling. My throat was so dry. It's like I just kept wanting to heave and hawing. So I finally decided it would just be better to uh, take a short break and let you guys listen to my old friend there, Mr. Exquisite. Uh, one great thing about letting you listen to that song was uh, uh, it kind of goes back to uh, what I had been talking about with uh, doing some trade work because I actually done some trade work with Mr. Exquisite. Uh, I helped him. Uh, I got Corey actually to pitch in and uh, we used the Cinedrive system to actually uh, record his and film his Kickstarter uh, for his EP. And uh, unfortunately for Mr. Exquisite, he didn't actually, uh, he didn't meet his, his quota or whatever it was. And, uh, you know, that's how he was going to pay us. And I actually signed on to that. And, uh, you know, uh, I knew he worked his social media pretty hard and I knew he, I knew that he, uh, he promoted like crazy, you know, he promoted himself like crazy. So, you know, it was one of those gambles. I didn't know if he had, I didn't know if he had reached his, his goal on Kickstarter or not. Unfortunately he didn't. So, you know, it was another one of those things where I was looking hopefully for some future work, but unfortunately he moved away to, uh, he moved back home to Seattle and, uh, I got an email from him, I think like a few days ago that he was doing a one night show in Long Beach or somewhere. But, um, I'm not going to be able to, I wasn't able to go. And, uh, but that just goes to show you that you never know if the, if the work is going to pay off, if the free work is going to pay off or the trade work is going to pay off in the long run or if it's not. So it's a gamble. So you just got to go into it knowing that, you know, uh, but with the vicious canids, I just had a great feeling about them. They're so talented and they have such a, they're all so humble, you know, they're just, they're just, uh, they're great people, great friends, and uh, and they have a great sound. 
And uh, I'm really super excited to uh, be able to record and uh, direct, film, and produce their new music video that's coming up for their single, California. Uh, I'm still writing everything. I've got it pretty got it pretty much done just getting it all down uh for the crew and uh, the cast and everybody else and uh but i'm pretty excited about this opportunity and we're going to start shooting uh the end of next month and uh uh, cast a amazing lead lady for it she's got an amazing look her name's jenny and we're going to just use her real name in the video and uh you know she's kind of got these long blonde dreads and she just fills that little desert, you know, uh, gypsy drifter hippie girl to a T. So she was my vision for the lead and, uh, super excited about having her do it. And, uh, I'm just super excited about this video. I'm hoping that, um, can really make a mark for Corey and I, uh, doing this video. We got a lot of hard, we got a lot of criticism with the first one we did together, the first collaboration, which was, of course, the John Travolta and Olivia Newton John video, but that thing just kind of came out of left field for us, and we didn't have a lot of time to prepare. It was just one of those things we just jumped in with two feet and just went with it. And this one is going to be, we've had two months, three months, or actually it's been longer than that because I knew this thing was coming, but the preparation is is plenty of time for preparation, so that's a big plus and uh to be prepared for it it's a little nerve-wracking I have to be honest sitting there uh knowing that I've got to be creative enough to write a script and uh all the shot list and everything for this entire music video and then I've got to direct the crew I've got to direct the shots and make something that's worth watching that actually tells the story of the song and everything it's it's a lot of pressure. I'm not going to lie about it. Um, it's a little nerve wracking as well, but, uh, Hey, I love challenges. You know what I mean? And music videos is where I want to go. I've seen so many photographers, you know, they've, uh, they've stepped out of being a photographer and they direct and do some amazing music videos. And, uh, I would love to be that guy. Uh, Anthony Mandler is one, uh, he did, uh, he did Lana Del Rey's ride which I literally think is a masterpiece. If you've never seen that music video, look it up on YouTube and it's Lana Del Rey ride R I D E. And you know, it's, you know, it got a lot of criticism and stuff as well, but the shots and the the cinematography and, and the way it's done is just, it's beautiful. I just love the way he did that video. And, uh, I don't think he got enough accolades for it. Uh, you know, it's, you know, everybody's into the pop music and the rap music and everything stuff. So, you know, that's what everybody's watching. But that Lana Del Rey video was a masterpiece in, in, in my, my conclusion or my opinion. And then you get another director out there, one shot, Mike or Mike Ho. Uh, I kind of really have been following him and been looking at a lot of his stuff. Cause it's kind of, I could see myself getting to where his level is. And, uh, in a couple of years, don't know if I'll ever reach Anthony Mandler's you know, he's worked with everybody, Rihanna, you name it. He's shot videos for everybody. So I would love to one day be on his level. Not sure I'll ever make it there, but, uh, Hey, if I get the chance to, uh, just direct indie music videos, Hey, I would be happy with that. I know it doesn't pay like the, you know, the big, the big, huge uh, productions that are financed by the record companies in the music industry. But, you know, uh, Hey, I love being creative and having my own creative vision and putting that into moving pictures is a dream come true. And, uh, we've got a lot of special things in in store to do on this video. So hopefully it's my third video. Uh, and, uh, hopefully, uh, see it's, it's my third music video. It's the second collaboration with Corey and I, and Corey's going to be cinematographer. So I'm hoping third time is a charm and, uh, third time, uh, is, you know, is going to be a really good music video is what I'm hoping for. Hoping and praying. I think, uh, I think this is going to be the one I have a good feeling about it. So many good things have come out of the universe for this thing that, uh, you know, we initially were going to shoot this month, March, the beginning of March, but due to some circumstances that didn't happen and we were pretty bummed about it. 
and it was very, uh, it was very, uh, uh, what is the word I'm looking for? It was, uh, it was a big deal for the band because they all work regular jobs. So they had scheduled that time and then, you know, it was a, <laughs> it was really a inconvenience for them to have to reschedule everything. But, uh, fortunately we're able to get everything rescheduled and, uh, I can't wait to start shooting the end of this month. So I'm sorry, the end of next month, the end of April. So anyway, uh, <clears throat> I've got to get on the road. I've got to get to LAX and catch my plane. So I've got to finish recording this thing and get it uploaded. So I know I just kind of rambled this whole episode. I didn't have a lot of direction, but I wanted to get an episode up before I left town. And, uh, so this is what you got. So I apologize if it didn't, uh, if I didn't really seem to have a good direction with this podcast, it was just kind of all over the place. But uh, anyway, we got it. We got it done. Episode 14, remember? No 13. Episode 14 is in the bag. And uh, the good Lord willing, we will see you back here next week for episode 15. So, hey, I'm still in the Sioux bandwagon. I know I didn't talk about it a lot. I know I'm probably driving you guys crazy with talking about Sioux on the podcast. So I didn't want to use that as any main topic this week. I guess that's why I don't have anything to talk about because I've really been engulfed in the Sioux. I've been engulfed in the editing photos for two past clients I just shot uh, and uh, one music client I just shot. And his is his first priority now. Got to get his done by next week, and then uh, I've got a, uh, let's see another client that I shot that I've got to get her video, her images edited. So I've just had so much things, so many things going on that. Uh, but I did want to get this podcast done, and uh, I got it done. And uh, anyway, we will see you back here next week for another episode of Images Everything. So have a great day, guys. Bye bye. Thanks for tuning in to Image Is Everything. We'll see you back here next week. Same Rav station, same Rav channel. This has been a Rav Media Group presentation. You are now exiting Planet Rav. And can now return to your regularly scheduled programming.